What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what's going on? Yeah, what's up, Shamari? This is a uh, another week for uh, for the Imperial Broadcast. Um, interesting, not you know, coming off a you know a kind of a major week. Uh, last week, when we talked about you know all the situation with you know D twenty three and you know Rise of Skywalker having footage and the Mandalorian trailer, you know this isn't that <laughs> this week is not going to be nearly as major as that. Nope. Uh, but I mean that was you know one of the bigger weeks of the entire year for Star Wars. Uh, so that's not that's not really uh, you know something to be ashamed about. But we still have some stuff to talk about. So. Uh, should be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we still got stuff. Um, you know, I mean, you're going to have your weeks where there's just not that much, but we'll we'll dig some stuff up <laughs> to talk about. So we do have some stuff, as I mentioned. Um, uh, so one thing that happened is The Mandalorian was featured in Entertainment Weekly. So they had a whole cover for The Mandalorian. They spoke with John Favreau. They spoke with Dave Filoni, and they got a whole lot out of them, like a lot, a lot out of them, like more than I, um, uh, definitely more than I would have expected that they would be able to get out of them. So, uh, so basically, they they had uh, they talked to uh, Favreau and Filoni. They also talked to Giancarlo Esposito. Um, uh, who talked about his character? Uh, so we got a lot of details, um, and uh, we got a lot of photos too. There's a photo of uh, um, well, first of all, first of all, the first thing I actually want to mention is that all of the photos that are featured in the article are uh, high res, like 4K, uh, IMAX quality photos. I mean, these are, I mean, this show really is breaking boundaries. And I, I mean, I really can't stress that enough. Um, so that, that's the first thing that stood out to me personally. I mean, even from the cover, I mean, that helmet's looking, that helmet's looking clean. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that's the first thing that stood out to me. But, um, Favreau and Filoni were talking a lot about, uh, just their whole, uh, process going into the story and what the universe is like at this time, which they've talked about before, um, uh, but they were giving a lot uh, more detail uh, uh, in in uh, in uh, uh, I'd say in this um, expose, whatever you want to call it. So let's see, let's take a look at some of what they said here. So. There were some, I mean, yeah. I saw one headline, um, or one tagline in, in the article was like, um, was, was that the Mandalorian is going to uh, explore the unknown origins of the First Order? Yes, um, that's true. So one thing that they mentioned that Favreau and uh, Filoni uh, talked about is how uh, or basically what that what the state of this galaxy is so um, Filoni brought up that I mean this is uh, while the the 
um, the former uh, rebellion starting is trying to start a new government, basically the the uh, the new republic. But uh, that's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> so in the interim, you're going to have these. And I'm paraphrasing. This isn't. I'm not taking the quote. But that's basically what he was saying: is in the interim, you're going to have those situations where you know the government isn't just going to be around. There's just going to be a government. So, which is how you get places like what's going on in the Mandalorian, which, which is extremely fascinating. And uh, Favreau, uh, again, just to paraphrase what he said, um, pointed out how uh, this is absolutely a bridge to uh, Episode 7. In Episode 7, the First Order is so established. And, uh, you know, he kind of hints at, listen, you know, it takes some time to get there. And that's something that... Uh, uh, that they um, had a, explored to an extent, or that they would they they would seem to explore. I mean, he's very coy about it, but that seems to be what he's implying. So, um, so that's very very exciting. Uh, Kenna, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting how they're using this uh, using this show. I mean, it's not surprising considering you know it's the first major Disney Plus series that they have. That they're using, they're going to use it to tie in a lot of loose ends. Um, the first order being one of them, um, and the, their origin. Um, I didn't. I mean, when when the concept of this show was was crafted, I the first thing I didn't think the first I the the, the first order wasn't the first thing I thought about. You know, I, I didn't think, oh, this show means that we're getting all this first order lore. I mean, that's not necessarily what came to mind, but. I think this show has a lot of objectives. You know, I think there's a lot of points that they're trying to hit, a lot of things that they're trying to do with this series, and um, it, why not, given the given the time period, why not use this series to um, bridge that gap and show some element of how the first, first order came to to the point where we see them in episode seven and. You know, I don't expect we'll get the whole story. I don't expect it'll be, right. you know, the series going to be about the First Order. But will there be Easter eggs in there? Will there be teases and hints of um, some sort of, you know, establishment growing up? You know, I, 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 I mean, I would, I would expect that at this point. Um, but I expect it. I mean, they. Uh, they said that there is going to be, um, the entertainment weekly said the Mandalorian plans to use elements from across the Skywalker, uh, saga films, the Clone Wars and other media and other animated series and the extended universe in its storytelling. So this is not going to be just a, you know, Boba Fett, you know, love story you know, type bounty hunter love story type show. Like this is going to be a Star Wars heavy Star Wars centric show with a lot of elements of Star Wars in it. Um I think the the trailers so far haven't done it really much justice. Not to say that the trailers haven't been good, but I think this will be one of those series where you watch it and you're like, this has so much more to it than the trailers and the the marketing kinda and made it seem. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. I think so too, um, and I, I agree. I mean, and that's again, like you were saying, not to throw any shade at the trailers at all, but I mean, the show was already renewed, 
and yeah. we haven't seen anything yet. All we've seen are amazing photos and amazing footage. <laughs> um, and people are already, this is like selling people on Disney Plus, this show alone. And they haven't even seen an episode yet. And people are like, oh, I might have to get this. Like, it's crazy. It is really, um, I feel like this is going to be unlike anything we've seen. I believe Favreau even said this. Oh, no, he said, um, um, uh, we, did, we did things no Star Wars fan has ever seen. So I literally took the quote <laughs> um, that he says, and it's actually uh, one of the headlines for the Entertainment Weekly article. Um, but yeah, they really, I mean, they really do a deep dive here and, and, uh, Favreau compares it to after when, after the Roman empire falls, um, and, uh, or when you don't have this, the Shogun, the, uh, Shogun's running Japan in the, uh, uh, I forget what that, what that, uh, period is called, but the, 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 uh, the period when you have the Shoguns in Japan, when you don't have that anymore, right. and he's like, uh, imperialists or imperialism. Yeah. Yeah, in imperial imperial Japan, um, and you don't have that anymore, and um, you know, and it's like, uh, but things haven't really settled into anything new yet, so you're in that transition period. Um, so that's extremely extremely fascinating, um, and uh, uh, and they're also going to be focusing a lot on the characters uh, in the cantina, as as uh, Favreau says it, that didn't really get to add as much time to shine. Um, uh, you know, Filoni mentions that he's like, these are those different action figures that you got. Um, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's really, really, uh, exciting. It's a really exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, this piece makes the Mandalorian, uh, just look, look, he's going to be even better than we had anticipated. Um, another bit of information, uh, uh, John Carlo Esposito, uh, reveals that his character's name is Moff. Um, hold on, a second. is Moff Gideon, and he's a former governor under the Galactic Empire. Um, so when the Empire fell, he is kind of just an imperial remnant, and he becomes a sort of guardian of the people, according to Esposito. Um, but he may have some kind of hidden intentions, which is what Esposito uh, says in his quote. He says. Uh, but what does Moff Gideon really want? This guy is going to be a big player because he has an idea of how to keep order. So we don't really know what this guy wants yet, but it's very fascinating. Um, and he sounds like a mysterious character, but an Imperial nonetheless. Uh, Kendall, do you have any thoughts or expectations for uh, Moff Gideon? Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's so, there's so there's still so much to know about any all these characters, you know. I kind of have to visually like, you know, see them in a trailer and or you know see these see them talking about these characters. Um, yeah. But there's still I don't know. There's still it, it, I I don't know anything about this show at all. You know, so I feel like yeah. um, you know. It, I mean, I, I assume he will fit the the stereotypical Star Wars archetype of like some sort of that's you know, what I'm assuming too imperial officer. Or, but you know, I, I but beyond that, you know, be another, but it wouldn't surprise me if you were different. He's gonna because, be another Governor Price. Yeah, exactly, Governor <laughs> Price, you know, Thrawn. 
you know, Tarkin, like, you know, it's the same, <laughs> you know, it's the same kind of archetype. So I, I expect, I expect him to fit that mold on some level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that along the same lines. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm very excited. Another thing that gets me excited about this is that they talk so much with Dave Filoni, which shows me that he had a, uh, played a large part in the development of the series as a whole. Um, I'm glad they're they're tapping into his his knowledge um, of storytelling within the Star Wars universe. I think he's been the most successful, honestly, in terms of telling us a good story. I mean, Abrams has probably made them the most money, but I mean, he it wasn't based on his original story; it was based on nostalgia and and a good marketing. I think mostly. That's what it was based off of. Um, but, I mean, when it comes to people whose projects had really no... It wasn't like, oh, this was obviously going to succeed. No, the Clone Wars, I mean, it came out. Lucas was working on it. Filoni was working on it. Maybe it was going to work. Maybe it wasn't going to work. And it ended up doing extremely well. Um, winning multiple Emmys. Uh, Rebels uh, ended up uh, 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 becoming something uh, very special and adding a lot to the lore of Star Wars. Um, and as much as I think a lot of uh, what Rebels showed may have been unnecessary, I think the overall storytelling in Rebels was ultimately fantastic. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I mean, I think he's just a tre treasure trove of knowledge, and they need to utilize him more. Um, Alright, so, moving on to the next topic, hopefully we get... Um, more on the Mandalorian, uh, or they just drop the Mandalorian early, but that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so moving on to the next topic. So we have uh, Ryan Johnson and uh, Ram Bergman uh, came out and um, confirmed that they are indeed doing uh, the trilogy that had been uh, linked to Ryan Johnson already, but people were, uh, there had been a lot of silence with regards to that with regards to uh, the trilogy and a lot of skepticism from uh, Kendall and, and myself, to be fair, but definitely Kendall. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, Kendall, how do you feel about this? The fact that, there, or according to them, their trilogy ha is confirmed and still happening. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I'm actually glad... You know, I'm not. I, I'll be the first one to tell you I was not asking for a Ryan Johnson trilogy when it got announced. Uh, I mean, when it got announced, I was excited because it was before Last Jedi came out, so I thought it meant Last Jedi was gonna be incredible. It wasn't. I wouldn't say Last Jedi was incredible. So uh, everything after that, you know, my feelings on the trilogy waned tremendously. Um, but all, I, but with everything that I feel about the trilogy as a whole, like. My frustrations, I mean, my frustration, my frustrations with the idea at this point are, are, I'm past that because I don't know what it's about. And Ryan Johnson, I don't think he's incompetent, you know. So, um, right. it's just strange that he gets his own trilogy. But I'm just happy that look, one, we're getting Star Wars content, which Bob Iger seems hesitant to do at this stage, and two, that like we're we're done with the, you know, I, I mean, apparently it was still. Stuff to be, you know, 
deciphered. But we it, it appears that we're done with the whole dog and pony show of whether or not does this guy have a trilogy or are they doing a trilogy? Uh, this one movie? What what's this untitled Star Wars film? Who's doing this film? And and look, at least Ryan Johnson can come out and say, um, yes, we are me. You know, me and Bergman were working on. Uh, a new project for Star Wars that is supposed to be a trilogy. Um, and this was a part of a whole feature uh, that I believe Deadline did on him. But yep. I mean, I'm ex- I'm excited that that we're getting something. But um, I'm just I'm more I'm more excited that this kind of this back and forth being in limbo situation is not over. Um, I mean, I am, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've, I mean, I've said how I feel about this Ryan Dawson trilogy, uh, many, many times. I don't know. Uh, it's very odd that they would give him a trilogy, not knowing how the movie would do. They just saw it and liked it and said, we're going to make you the next George Lucas, I feel. I feel like, I, feel like th- I mean, this is investing a lot of confidence in somebody to con- just say, no, we have you, you're locked in for three movies. You can ruin a franchise in three movies. You can absolutely do that. You can tank a franchise in three movies. I mean, if, he's, if his three movies are, I mean, it's a good thing they have Benioff and Weiss. I mean, I'm not, I mean look, I'm not saying he's going to make train wrecks. I'm not. I'm not saying Ryan Johnson doesn't know how to make a film. I didn't hate the Last Jedi. I thought it was a decent movie, but I don't think it's trilogy worthy. I don't think that's a movie you see and go, "This man needs to make more of these now." That's not. <laughs> I don't think that for a second. Um, uh, again, no shade at Ryan Johnson. I thought he did a fine job, um, but I don't think he did a George Lucas original Star Wars type job, where it's ground-breaking and trend-setting. I don't think he did that. I don't. I'm just keeping it real, being honest. Um, I think those are the types of things that you give people trilogies for. You give people right. trilogies, duologies, whatever. You give them... Like what the Russos did with Marvel. Exactly. If they announced that, oh yeah, the Russos are doing uh, they're doing, you know, an X-Men trilogy, I'd be like, great. Exactly. <laughs> they earned it. Exactly, kind of like how they did Winter Soldier, and soon after that they were all they were all, literally already working on, uh, already conf- uh, work, like writing like inf- Infinity War, right. or the Infinity Saga. It's like you see that you see that they make something special, and then you're like, oh snap, okay, no, this we need more of this. So it's really he really did not do that. He did a solid job, in my opinion. But judging by the fan base, it's very split. Very split. So it, I, I don't think this is a good move. I don't know how these movies are going to do in the box office. Kendall, how do you think these movies are going to do in the box office? I mean, look, just on the merit of Ryan Johnson's name, that won't have any effect on it. Like, it's not going to have a positive. People aren't going to go because it's Ryan Johnson. Right. Because of Star Wars, because... There are still plenty of good stories that you could tell. I think that it's still like it's still a wait and see, but 
we're not getting any bonus because Ryan Jones is doing it. You know, like I think Benioff yeah. and Weiss, like I think their their movie, their trilogy, whatever they're doing, is they will have a slight bonus. Well, they will get a slight boost because they're doing it and because you can attach the Game of Thrones brand to it, uh, despite you know the the frustrations of some Game of Thrones fans about the the way that it's. Um, and you know, I think JJ Abrams at this point, you get a boost if he's attached. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, more or less, you know, I think uh, we mentioned the Russo brothers, Patty Jenkins, like there are certain people out there now. You know, I'm sure after Joker, Todd Phillips will have that that label. Christopher Nolan, there are, there are are filmmakers in that in this kind of industry in this um, genre that. When they're attached to a project, we'll, we'll get a slight boost. Uh, Ryan Johnson, after last year, I, is not a part of that list. So, in that regard, I don't think this is going to do incredibly great unless the story is something that is super interesting or the, the, the whatever idea they're going to come up with, whatever timeline, whatever genre, whatever actor they come up with, those are the things they're going to determine the box office because Ryan Johnson will not. Was it confirmed that, or, I mean, con- was it reported even that Benioff and Weiss are working on the, the Old Republic, something in, that takes place in the Old Republic? Yeah, yeah, it was re- it was reported. I believe okay. BuzzFeed, I believe BuzzFeed okay. came out and said that they're doing nice of the Old Republic or something in yeah, the Old Republic. Yeah, I believe I do remember that. Um, um, they know, I mean, we can't confirm that. Yeah, we, we don't. We can't confirm <laughs> Um, but that, that was speculated for a long time. We don't know if the report was speculation or whether or not they have really, really good sources out of nowhere for Star Wars. But, um, yeah, they had said that they were doing ICO Republic. Right. So, I don't know. Which means... I mean, Ryan... And, jo- what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, just... And that means and, you know, everything we've heard about Ryan Johnson's trilogy, that's it's a blank canvas and... Exactly. You know, it's going someplace we've never seen before, never seen you before. know, kind of just making something out of nothing. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. I, I can't tell you, you know, what, I can't tell you what this is going to do. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, it's going to be Avatar for Star Wars. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have no clue. We know Benioff and Weiss were kind of given the, the Old Republic playground i don't know what ryan johnson he doesn't seem to have been given anything he was just given free reign to do whatever he wants that's what it sounds like which is is again it's super strange to me and i'm just like yo give that to feloni you know i hate again i feel like i bring him up every week now <laughs> but i'm just like give that something like that to feloni like ryan johnson so i mean we'll see we'll see how it is we'll you know um, still odd to me that he gets a trilogy, but it is what it is. I'm not mad. It's more Star Wars. I'm not going to get mad at that. But it's it's odd. You know, it's just odd. <laughs> That's really uh, how I feel about it. All right. So uh, next uh, piece of news. So there's some Star Wars games that are being re-released for the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. These games are before my time. So I did not play them. Uh, free full disclosure. So I am not going to pretend like I did because I did not. I do not know much about them, but apparently they are very popular, 
and um, uh, people are very excited for it. So the games are Star Wars Jedi Academy and Star Wars Jedi Out uh, uh, Jedi. I believe it's Jedi. Jedi Knight Two. Jedi Knight Two. Jedi Outcast. Yeah. So uh, these games um, uh, came out quite a while ago. Uh, but 02 still, and 03. Yeah, 02 and 03. So they're still revered even today, which speaks to the quality of the games themselves. Um, so they're being re-released. They're coming out for the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. The uh, uh, Jedi uh, Outcast is coming out uh, very soon. It's coming out in a few few weeks on September 24th. And Jedi Academy is coming out in early 2020. Uh, so, Kendo, how do you feel about these games being re-released uh uh, for uh, Switch and the PS4. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I love it. I, I, you know, I, I played these games so much growing up. <laughs> I did not play these games, but um, with that being said, I, this is still really good for the Star Wars brand. Um, the fact that Nintendo and P and PlayStation feel the need to, um or see the value in re-releasing these games on their platforms uh, shows you these must be very good games. And right. most people out there, most video game people out there will, will attest and, you know, validate the, 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 the notion that this is a very good game. And um, I, I, I mean, it does make you want to buy it. It makes you want to play it. I, I mean, it makes me want to play it. But um, it, it, it also gives you the hope that, like, because right now the Star Wars video game lane right now is it's purely Battlefront, and now we have Jedi Fallen Order coming out. Um, but hopefully there is some room for other, and then there's, you know, the, the microtransaction-heavy laden right. uh, mobile games, you know. But... Um, yes, but like outside of that, there aren't, there isn't much of anything. So hopefully there, this will add, you know, more of a portfolio to the star Wars video game genre. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe this is just a setup for them to make a sequel or to make a, a, a third or fourth version of it because, um, it's odd that they would release both of these two games, both pretty much the same not the same games, but, you know, under the same umbrella at the same time, um, just to, just, just to re-release them. I, I, it seems unlikely, but, um, makes you wonder if there is something else at play here. Hmm. Uh, by something else being at play, what do you mean? Uh, just like, could they be, could someone, could Lucasfilm uh be making another game uh, under the same uh i mean maybe it's just a lead into jedi fallen order as well that could be it but i was thinking like could they be making another jedi knight game okay i mean hey hopefully that is the case i mean um i feel like at this point uh, when it comes to these games i'll probably play them honestly um and uh i think that I think that um, getting, uh, I think that I just think that us getting more content uh, is just good. Period. More Star Wars content in terms of the gaming world uh, is a good thing. 
So um, I absolutely am in favor of, of uh, th this game being released. Or these, both of these games being released, actually. Um, uh, I mean, again, I haven't played them. But they're uh, based on Jedi, which means there's going to be some lightsaber uh, action in it. And looking at some screenshots, I do see some. there is some lightsaber action in it. So, hey, I mean, they're probably really fun. Um, I think it's always good when they re-release games. So um, I'm absolutely on board and I'm in favor of it. I think they just need to move away from the microtransactions. So anything that does not <laughs> include microtransactions uh, being involved, I think is a good thing. Uh, I'm not just going to say EA, because, I mean, EA is technically behind uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So, I mean, I've based on what, what we know so far, there are no microtransactions involved. So hopefully they've learned their lesson to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, time will tell. All right. So on that note, I would like to start talking about some of the books uh, that uh, I had been alluding to for the past uh, few weeks now. So uh, I did finish Thrawn. I would like to talk about Thrawn for a bit and the trilogy as a whole. Um, it's very interesting. This is uh, the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. Uh, the last uh, book that I finished is Thrawn Treason. So the book itself is, I feel like it's a good book. It's not bad. It, I'd say, I think it drags quite a bit uh, in the middle. Um, uh, I think the main reason for that is there's a lot going on with this um, enemy. Uh, and the enemy is uh, present, uh, I believe is present throughout the whole trilogy. I mean, they appear in the second book, Alliances with Vader. They're out in, in uh, on Batu and Black Spire Outpost. Uh, or yeah, they're in uh, Black Spire and, and uh, they're at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, but even out there, I mean, they encountered this alien, these aliens called the Gris, and they're the enemy in the trilogy, basically. So they fight this enemy. Um, in the last novel, there's a, a lot of mystery and investigation going on about them in the middle of this book, and it is not exciting. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> it takes its time. It is slow, creeping, Thrawn figures this out. Eli Vanto figures that out. It's like a piecing things together, and it's like, okay, come on, we gotta, you know, someone was like, chop, chop, like let's get to the meat and potatoes of this story. Where are you leading me? And then they finally do at the end, but it takes time, you know. And that time, it's very slow. Um, I thought this was decent. I do not think it was better than Alliances. And honestly, I don't think it was better than the first one. I think this is probably the weakest book of the trilogy. Um, but I thought the trilogy as a whole was okay. I think it kind of... Um, I think the first book and the second book are kind of neck and neck. Uh, I think they're very close. I think they're both very good. Um, I thought the, fir the first one honestly reminded me the most of the, the heir to the Empire Timothy's on with the Thrawn that he introduced. 
So I thought the first one was very good. Um, the second one, they introduced Vader. And, I mean, Vader's Vader. You, you're not going to fail with Vader. Um, but, again, you got these Gris, these aliens, and it's like, who are these aliens? What are they? Their powers are very confusing. What they're able to do, where they're able to just control almost like entire populations of people tel telepathically. I'm like, what? How do you fight something like that? So uh, it's very, it was very weird. It's very weird, very confusing to me personally. Um, so I look, I liked everything except them. <laughs> so that's how I feel about the trilogy. How I feel about the books. Thrawn was written great. Krennic was written brilliantly. I think you should write more Krennic. Um, uh, and, uh, 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 all the Imperials are written very well. Uh, Zahn knows the Empire. He writes the Imperials very well. He wrote Vader pretty well, I thought, in Alliances. And he wrote the Emperor very well. Um, but this, this conflict with the Gris, I think, just brought the trilogy down for me. So I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, between good and great, I would say is what I thought of this trilogy. But I was ho honestly hoping for more from Timothy Zahn, if I'm being completely honest. Um, so that that is my review. I'm not going to go too, too in-depth with uh, going into spoilers. Um, uh, yeah, I usually do, but this time I will not um, because I don't want to, uh, quite frankly, again, not to throw shade, I don't want to bore anybody. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to go get... And then, oh, they ain't finding this out. And blah, blah, blah. it's like, listen, if you want to read it, read it or listen to it if you listen to the audiobooks. But the middle of it, I'm just like, oh, come on, we got to go. We got to go to the other. Um, so, yeah, that's how I felt about the Thrawn, this new Thrawn trilogy. Um, I do want more of Thrawn. I want to be clear. But, this, but these stories, these particular stories, honestly, were not doing it for me. I would have wanted something different. Something more, some, or give me something that connects to the main characters in the universe. Or, or the Rebels characters, somebody. Somebody that's not these weird aliens in the, in, in the Unknown Regions. <laughs> give me something that I can care more about. So that was my, uh, that's how I felt about the uh, Thrawn books. Now, I did want to talk about the comics, and some of these I wanted to... Um, uh, well, actually, before I get to the comics, Kendall, do you do you have any any thoughts with regards to the Thrawn trilogies or the new Thrawn trilogy, or any comments with regards to that? Uh, I mean, it seemed like you covered most of it. Um, I, I mean, I, I you know I'm a little surprised to see the disappointment in uh, Timothy's on, but um, yeah, I mean, I maybe we'll get him on the show. <laughs> hey, let him <laughs> look. I don't want to duke it out. Space. I mean, I will. I guess if, if you want, if he, if we get him. I mean, I'll get him on. I'd love to have him on, but you know, I don't want to be bashing anybody's content in front of his face. And I'm not even bashing it. I thought it was. I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was bad. Um, but I did. I was not a fan of the villain, or the quote unquote main villain. I guess of the trilogy is these these aliens, and I was not a fan of it. You know, it was very very obscure, very odd. Uh, to me, and I was just not a fan. If I just gotta be honest, gotta keep it real, um, you know, for the people out there. <laughs> uh, and you think this last one was the worst one? Yeah, I do. Honestly, I I really do. I think this last one was. Uh, it started off good, 
introduced a lot of important people. The Emperor, Krennic, uh, Vader was name dropped several times. But I, um, you know, just this conflict. Eli Vanto came back. He was in the first book. He was not in the second one. Um, but this, uh, but this, these aliens. I was just like, I, um, I don't know, man. I, I just. And they they said they were they were behind some ships going missing that were transporting materials to the Death Star. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm like, okay, they're behind it. Now, what are we gonna do about it? <laughs> you know, we didn't get to. I'm not gonna spoil the third act, but we didn't really get to any real fighting until the third act. It took a while. <laughs> it took a long time. It is not. It is not a very quick book. It is a novel. So, I mean, that's just. You know, it's a lot of just talking and talking about these aliens. And it's like, I'm not, I'm only going to care so much about that. With the Heir to the Empire trilogy, I mean, you had, it was Thrawn and people working under Thrawn against like Luke and Leia and Han. And it's like, come on, like, you, you're not going to beat that, you know? And I didn't really expect this trilogy to beat that. But I mean, these random aliens. It's like I need, I need someone that matters, you know, and someone that is the more identifiable villain. These aliens couldn't even really like. I mean, they didn't even really like speak to them. They were just a threat, just in the shadows, causing issues for most of the book. And I'm just like, ah, uh, you know, I'm like, okay. So it just it took too long to get to actually confront these things. Um, the confrontation was cool. Thrawn was amazing, an amazing strategist through the, 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 the battle. I'm not going to spoil it, but it was very cool, but it took too long. So uh, d this book was definitely the weakest link. The second one was propped up by Thrawn and interacting with Vader for most of it, and that was very, very fun. And they went to the outer rim, the, to the edges of, of, uh, of uh, space, approaching the unknown regions. Uh, and that was very cool. And you had the flashbacks with uh, uh, Thrawn and Anakin and Padme, which that was also very cool in the second book. So, I mean, you had those things propping it up. Um, but this this one was, was definitely the weakest. Definitely the weakest. Um, all right, so going into the comics, I have read Poe Dameron number one That's the, uh, and uh, General Hux number one. First, I want to go into Poe Dameron. Uh, uh, this was, uh, it was written well. It was written by uh, Tom Taylor, who wrote the uh, Injustice comics, which I'm also reading right now, which are very good. Injustice, by the way, is referring to the superhero, the DC superheroes when Superman goes bad. Um, it's a very good storyline. So um, he's writing a lot of these new uh, Age, of Age of Resistance books. So he's, Doing the uh, he did the Poe Dameron one. It was solid. Um, I'm gonna go into spoilers with the regard to these comics, so I just want to let you know in case you were planning on picking them up. Uh, but uh, the Poe Dameron comic was solid. Um, basically, Poe Dameron. This is uh, Poe Dameron when he was with the with the uh, uh, what you call it, um, the New Republic. He was flying for the New Republic actually before he was with the Resistance, which I like i'm a fan of that i'm glad that they showed the new republic navy and how they were kind of just chilling not really doing much of anything um uh but poe is like listen i want to be doing more i want to be out here 
you know, flying, that's where I belong. And he runs into a strange ship that was stealing stuff from the uh, the New Republic, the the New Republic. Um, and it turned out that the ship was uh, being flown by none other than Vice Admiral Holdo. Well, it was actually being flown by Nienna, but Holdo was kind of telling him what to do. Right, Captain. Yeah. So, uh, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to be blunt, man. I mean, Holdo is one of the characters that people did not like in The Last Jedi. In this book, she's acting the exact same way. <laughs> and I did not like it. I was like, who is this? Who's this person? Because she was talking all this crap to Poe Dameron. Uh, excuse my French, I guess, if that offends anybody. But you're talking all this crap to Poe Dameron, and it's like, you know, talking about, oh, well, you know, I had to, because they fly him into this asteroid field, but but it was like filled with gas. I don't know. I don't know what exactly it was in terms of the space terminology of it. Um, but Poe Dameron couldn't really see, and his sensors weren't working. So uh, Holdo had to like guide him, and uh, it was it was all right. But just Holdo's attitude is just it's 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 kind of grates on your nerves. I'm just gonna keep it real. It grates on your nerves. I, I, it was not a welcome sight. The chapter itself was fine. I, again, I'm a fan of Poe. So I thought the chapter was fine. Um, it was cool seeing Nia Nub and Holdo, but just her attitude is just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's not appealing. It's something that is not appealing to, and Poe is a hero. He's literally a hero. You know, and she's just talking down to him. It's like, no, like people, in general, people don't like that person. You know, that's like talking down to the hero all the time. It's like, that's, they're not likable. So, I mean, it just is what it is. I don't, I don't know why they wrote the character that way, but they did. Uh, or wrote them that way and then tried to ex- expect us to like them or relate to them, and it's not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, so that's what happened with Poe Dameron. In the Hux comic, the Hux comic was very interesting. So Hux and Kylo Ren crash land on a planet. Uh, Kylo Ren gets knocked out uh, by some alien monsters. Uh, which is very Kylo Ren. He tries to be Vader, but he's definitely not Vader. Um, and uh, Hux um, uh, doesn't get knocked out, but he gets captured by this guy who tamed these monsters, and the guy turns out to be someone that was from Alderaan, who had escaped, um, or actually he didn't escape, he was happened to be off-world when the planet blew up. So he... Uh, so Hux basically used that to manipulate him into helping them get off the planet, uh, quite frankly. So he lie, he tells the guy, oh, this is Leia's son. You know, we're trying to create peace and order in the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, oh, Leia's son? Because he was like a guard on Alderaan. So, I mean, he knows about the... the uh, or House Organa, and he could tell, he could look in his face and see that it was Leia's son. Um, so he ended up helping Hux, and Hux betrayed him. And uh, uh, they kill his beast's pets, and they leave, and Hux is like, and, you know, they, they call Phasma, Phasma comes in, shows up with the troops. Hux is like, tell Snoke this is one of the players we can use as target practice. I'm like, dang. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, and then Hux finds out who was 
um, uh, who sabotaged a ship because someone sabotaged their ship and caused them to crash. And it was one of the uh, officers that um, uh, was with Brendel, his father, uh, talking smack to him when he was a kid. He was kind of like, he wasn't raised right. Hux was not a very good, not a good father. Um, you know, and uh, Hux kills his father in, uh, I believe that happened in Phasma. Um, but he revealed, he revealed that to this guy and then he kills him and Hux is like, everyone underestimates me. Uh, you underestimate me. Ren, Kylo Ren underestimates me. Snoke underestimates me. Uh, he's kind of a thing where it's like, you'll all see, you'll all see, da, da, da. But it was very good. It was very Hux. I liked it. It was very well written. Um, also written by Tom Taylor. It was, it was good. It was very, very good. Um. Like, Kendall, do you have anything, any comments in regards to these comics? Uh, I mean, do you feel like they uh, led into Rise of Skywalker at all? Uh, none of these, no. Um, none of these. I mean, the, the Poe comic uh, reference Holdo. I already read the Phasma and Finn comics. I believe I, I've spoken about those before, um, which uh, the Phasma comic was uh, was decent. These seem to be, be character stories. None of these seem to be leading into the Rise of Skywalker in any way. Um, uh, I, I suspect that the next one we get, which I believe is Snoke, the Rose comic already came out. I haven't picked that up yet. Um, Though, if I'm being completely honest, Rose is very much a side character, so I'm not exactly in a particular hurry <laughs> to read the Rose comic, but I'm going to pick it up and read it anyway. Um, but the Snoke comic is a must-buy, and that one seems to be very intriguing uh, based on some of the images that are being released and the hints that are being, uh, or the things that are being released about the comic, um, with Kylo Ren apparently being on Dagobah, and seeing what appears to be Luke, so there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in that comic. So, um, but no, none of these seem to be leading into the Rise of Skywalker. These are definitely, absolutely one-offs, um, and I'm fine with that. I mean, I think that's fine. I don't. Uh, I think the stuff that reference the Rise of Skywalker are going to say Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, and I think that's just what it's going to be. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got. Kenner, you have anything else uh, before we wrap the show? Or uh, No, I think that's it for me. All right, uh, then that'll do it. Uh, so that'll do it for this show. Thank you all so much for listening in. Uh, we will be back next week with more news. I uh, am getting close to, close to finishing the uh, uh, Star Wars myths and uh, I believe it's myths and fables is the title of the book, but I'm close to finishing that audiobook, and it is, uh, it is very good. It's very short, but it's very good. I am very, very impressed, and I think, believe we get, a, we got our first, uh, canon Old Republic Sith, besides Darth Bane. I think he's an, that's my theory, is that he's an Old Republic Sith. Um, besides, um, whatever that guy's name is, Momin or whatever, the guy from, uh, the Vader comic that with that, the possessed helmet, besides him, 
and Darth Bane. I think this is our first canon Old Republic Sith. Um, so I am, uh, and it's like a whole uh, story surrounding his backstory. I'm looking forward to talking about it. And I'm looking forward to maybe getting into more detail. Maybe we'll see him in something else. Maybe not. I don't know. But the book is very good. So I'm very much looking forward to talking about it and recommending it to people. Uh, outside of that, I don't see anything else coming on the horizon for Star Wars besides possibly news about a trailer. But we'll see. Hopefully, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Uh, but that'll do it for this one. Uh, I'm your host, Shamari, joined by Kendall, and we'll see you guys next time. Everything you'll do, just make the force be with you. And everything you'll do, just make the force be with you.